Hello, and welcome to On a Mission Podcast, where we aim to inspire and educate through sharing stories and experiences in the real estate industry. It's hosted by Dina Frank, a licensed realtor in the state of Minnesota at Remax Results, a Good Life Group, and Kelly Tanky, loan originator, NMLS 1599804 at Summit Mortgage Corporation, NMLS 1041. We started this podcast so we could share real stories from real people on their experiences in the real estate industry and break down barriers. We hope that by sharing these stories and experiences, it helps you feel more confident and comfortable when it comes to buying or selling. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, enjoy. And now let's get to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of On a Mission Podcast. I'm Dina Frank. I'm Kelly Tanky. And today, this is going to be a a good topic. I think it will be interesting to chat through. But before we dive into what happens when you're canceling a purchase agreement, Kelly, what's new with you? (laughs) Um, A lot of stuff is new with me. Um, I'll share one of the biggest pieces of news, which is that we just closed on our new property um, this past Thursday. And so literally our days have consisted of um, getting stuff situated and in place. We had the boys this past weekend. So it was literally navigating around like sports schedules too, and then going and like seeing family also. So it was like, there was a start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. And so, um, you know, we're about 85% settled and there's still, it's pretty darn good. So now it's just like getting a few of those odds and end boxes in place, um, clothes in place. I have all of my clothes now, which is amazing. Exciting. Yeah. So it also feels really nice to have my own designated workspace. Um, The apartment that we were in previously was very open floor concept. So it was shared. (laughs) (laughs) So about nine months and that like just sharing a space with, you know, three boys, three boys (laughs) and three dogs dogs. (laughs) and three dogs. So that's, that's the latest and greatest with me. How about you, Dina? Um, yeah, we're back from our trip and it was incredible. It was two full weeks off where I was really able to just unplug and relax and get away for a little bit. Um, so Yeah. yeah, it was incredible and I really enjoyed Switzerland. Um, Italy was great too, but like Mm -hmm. I just, Switzerland was just the best. So I would definitely go back there in a heartbeat. So what was your absolute most favorite thing about that trip? Um, it's so hard because like everything was like awesome. I would say, and this is going to be funny because even though I liked Switzerland more, I would say the coolest thing was swimming in the Mediterranean sea. Like, love it. Like there's just, something awesome about that water. So I think that mm-hmm. was probably the coolest. My the awesome. The most. Yeah. Oh, 
man, just like I'm feeling super nostalgic about having had experiences similar to yours and was so excited finding out like the places and destinations you were going to be going and how some of them were similar. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's just, I can't wait for her to experience that. And now you've experienced it and you're starting to share some of your adventures and travels on social media. Well, a lot of it was posted before that too, but I did really well, like the first few days. And then it was just like, you know, try just trying to be in the moment and just take Mm -hmm. photos, but not. Yeah. So I'm working on, and we're all like, working on like getting all of our photos together so that like, you know, the people who have the group photos, like we all have access to them. So it's something on, and I'll be posting more about. Love it. Very <laughs> yes. exciting. Lots of fun stuff happening in our lives. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Shall we share with our listeners what our topic is today? Yes. So this is a topic that we've actually had, I think in our, cue to talk about for a very long mm-hmm. time. Um, but we totally. never, never gotten to it. And we had to do a slight pivot this week. And so we figured this is a good opportunity and or a good opportunity to talk about it. And that is what happens when you want to or need to cancel a purchase agreement. And so, and I think there's a lot of misunderstanding or, you know, just confusion around this because there's so many different things that can take place. And I'm just going to preface this by, these are things that every agent that you work with should be talking about from the beginning when you're filling out the purchase agreement. Um, And if they're not, um, that is a poor agent, um, they should kind of be going over with you what the options are and what it means. Um, and and mainly because there are options on the purchase agreement and what the consequences are. And so it really depends on how the purchase agreement is filled out. I mean, that's where legally binding contracts come into place, right? Like I know it's so easy to auto sign and just, you know, trust your agent because, you've been working with them. But this is one thing where I think a lot of people, you know, you're just so excited and you just want to get to the closing that sometimes it can be a little looked over. So um, it is an important aspect. And so, and I know Kelly, you're going to have a lot of information, obviously on the buyer's side, but I did want to talk yeah. about the different perspectives and like from a seller's side, what it means, right? Because mm-hmm. buyers and sellers have different rights and have different options. So I'll talk about the seller's side from like the real estate side. And then we can really dig into the buyers because I think that's really where we're probably going to have more conversation. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, like this is something I was thinking about when I was prepping for this episode you know, especially in this market, it's been a strong seller's market. And I think it is, the benefit does fall to the sellers when they list their home on the market. But once they get under contract, the really the ball is in the buyer's court um, for the majority of the rest of time. Um, So really what can happen from a seller's perspective is once you go under contract with 
a purchase agreement, you really don't have a lot of options to cancel unless the buyer hasn't performed on something. So let's say, you know, let's say you put your house on the market and you, you know, you get an offer, you accept it. And then three days later, you get another offer that's in quotations better than the one you've accepted. You cannot cancel without repercussions or consequences. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think, I mean, that is a question that we do get a lot of times from sellers is like, what happens if another offer comes along and it's like, well, like you're, you're kind of, you are legally obligated to perform on the contract you have signed. Like you don't have a lot of cancellation rights because now it's in the buyer's court. So that is an important aspect to understand. Um, the only time from a seller's perspective that you can cancel without consequences and, and what the consequences are is the buyer that you're under contract with can sue you for non-performance. If, yeah. if you just decide to walk away, it isn't, you don't get to keep the earnest money. It isn't, yeah. you know, easy peasy. It is truly, there are real consequences to canceling um, if it's not on the buyer's, from the buyer's um, non-performance. So um, <clears throat> that's kind of like the, I think the biggest call out for sellers is once you go under contract, really the only way you can cancel is if the buyer doesn't perform on something. And that's typically on a contingency. So that's whether it's um, financing, whether that's sale of another property. Um, those are really the two big things. Um, sure. I think we'll get into it, but there was a change that recently came out on the written statement aspect. Um, so if the written statement from a financing perspective isn't produced on the due date, um, the, the seller can cancel. So, wow. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. those are kind of the only opportunities from a seller's perspective that once you go under contract, you can cancel without consequences. Yeah, sure. Now let's, um, one thing I want to do, I know that we're going to dive into some of the the ways that um, on the buy side, they can cancel. We're talking on the seller side right now. Something that came to mind for me just in regards to financing is say a buyer submits their offer um, conventional mm -hmm. and um, it was a whoopsie doodle on lender side or um, something came up during the underwriting process that forced them to flip to FHA in that circumstance, can the seller go, we're going to go with a different offer. They can. Yes. Yep. Because it is yep. it's a change in the terms of contract, right? Like yeah. it truly, and that has happened um, to me before. And that is actually a really good call out Kelly. Like, from a buyer's perspective, when you are talking to your lender, like looking at those options and really understanding like what that means. Now, I always tell people like from a percent down, like that's not going to have a huge impact unless we say, oh, we're going to put 20% down, but you don't actually have the financial capability. Like you have to make yeah. sure your down payment is there for the contract, yeah. but like, you know, sometimes we'll put 5% down because that's what they feel comfortable with, but they may end up putting 10% down because that's the way the numbers shake out. Um, but yes, if they change the type of financing 
that is um, grounds for perspective a way that they could cancel because it does change the terms. I mean, you know, an FHA appraisal is a very different appraisal than a conventional appraisal. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's yeah. there's there are a lot of concerns that go around that in conjunction to just going, um, hey, <laughs> what happened here? Like it it raises some eyebrows and red flags and in, in regards to like if you if this was the case and now it's this case, like what else? Right. I'm sure the sellers and the listing agent go, what else? What else could potentially mm-hmm. be? peeled like the it as the onions being peeled back during underwriting what else could end up coming up that um could cause this this loan financing to go awry yes and and here's the important thing to remember as we're talking about like cancellations and all that a contract is signed in good faith and everybody has to be working in good faith to do their due diligence and their job right so Mm -hmm. That's where switching financing terms can be seen as that's not in good faith because you said you were going to do one thing and now you have another. And I've even heard, and this may be like more of a legal counsel like situation, but I know there's been times where, you know, buyers will switch lenders altogether in the middle of it was literally just gonna that it was like you were reading my mind I'm like wait raising hand again what about in the regards to working with a specific lender for putting in that offer and then all of a sudden yeah the buyer decides that they're gonna switch financing um in terms of the lender could the seller go I think no thank you yeah and I think that you know that is a tougher question to answer because it really like, I think that would be a legal counsel question. I think it would, sure. it would depend on the type of financing <laughs> and like, is there good faith involved? You know, I know I had a transaction recently where at the 13th hour they switched lenders because, but the lender just wasn't getting it done. And so it yeah. was the right move to make. It set us mm-hmm. back 10 days, but at the end of the day, it was the right move to make because they got it done. So fair it enough. Really, like it really does, I think, depend on the situation. If it's just all of a sudden, you know, and I would I would say most agents, you know, if you have a national bank as your pre-approval and you switch to a local lender. Um, most listing agents are going to say, yep, fine, totally. Like I actually would prefer that um, mm-hmm. going the other way. But yeah, I think it just depends on the situation there, but definitely if you switch types of financing, that is definitely a cancelable, cancelable. Absolutely. So yes, absolutely. Love it. I mean, this has already been a fruitful, um, conversation in regards to our topic. So let's dive into on the buy side yeah. um, ways to cancel. And, you know, a lot of this is uh, like, I'm just kind of piecing in um, opportunities on the financing side, right? Where, and, and truthfully, I mean, truth be told, the only way that on the like financing side that a buyer could get out of the contract is for what I was diving into like the buy side and financing and denials and. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that, 
Yes. So uh, let's start with when can a buyer cancel, right? Because so mm-hmm. sellers can really only cancel if the buyer doesn't perform on something. Buyers can almost cancel at any point in time up until a, usually about three days before they close with no, yeah. with very little to no consequences, um, yep. depending on how the contract is written. So yep. you can cancel during inspection. And these are, let's just, I do want to preface this. This is all in the state of Minnesota. I know other states yeah. are different. So this is the state of Minnesota specifically. Um, Good call out. Because I know, I think in Wisconsin, if you cancel during in, an inspection, you have to provide the, the um, explanation. So, but in Minnesota, you don't have to, you don't even have to perform an inspection. If you have an inspection period and you're in that contingency, you can cancel. So, yep. you know, another house comes along and you're like, you know what, we like this one more, let's cancel. You don't even want to spend the money on the inspection, cancel. Um, you can cancel if the property is contingent on HOA docs or common interest community docs. Um, you have a 10 day right yep. of decision. So you can cancel during that. Um, you can cancel during the financing um, contingency up until a certain point until you get that final approval and clear to close. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like, I, I think you can dive into that, Kelly, of like, what does that truly mean? Because you know, people can't start doing stupid shit just to get out of a contract. But like, if it's legit, like if your situation changes, or, you know, something does happen to your job, or like, I had one last year where they were renting, they thought they could get out of their rental. Um, Mm -hmm. Turns out they couldn't get out of their rental. And so they would have that payment payment. for the first you know, 18 months and they could not afford both. And so that was like yeah. a legitimate situation <clears throat> where their financial situation absolutely changed. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll just, and a lot of this, a lot of the cancellation, here's the thing is going back to good faith. Most people don't want to cancel, right? That's it's usually, right. it's usually a last resort at some point. And so we don't, we don't cancel willy nilly. I would say it's hard to put a number on it. And, but I would say, you know, we probably have maybe 25% of all transactions we have cancel for one reason or another at various stages of the transaction. Sure. Um, so it's not, it's not, most people do not cancel, but it, it does come up. And so it's important to understand most, most cancellations revolve around what happens to the earnest money. Right. And that's kind right. of that deposit that you put down to show that you have skin in the game, that you're serious about, about the home. And what I'll say is most of the time you can get your earnest money back at any point up until, like I said, three days before closing, um, as long as you're working towards closing on the property. Um, yeah. I've had people where the final approval, like they've, they've just had some weird funky stuff and it takes a little bit longer. And, you know, the seller has demanded that we forfeit earnest money. And that's kind of what happens. Um, and at that point, you know, you're, you still have a valid contract. You haven't canceled yet, but you're just going to lose your yeah. earnest money if you don't end up closing. Yeah. Um, yep. 
That was, I was just going to piece in. I mean, I, I, what I was sharing before, before it had cut out is that in regards to the earnest money and like getting that back into your pocket, um, if you had some sort of denial with your financing, and that could be, and Dina touched on it, but let's just go over it again. It could be um, terms of employment, um, your hours had changed, and our debt to income ratio has adjusted so that we no longer can qualify. Um, there was misinformation on the Title III, that's the mortgage application that you complete for qualifying for a mortgage. Um, there are declarations that are complete if some of that stuff isn't provided in a proper manner and stuff comes up with the fraud report or stuff comes up on the credit report. Usually a lot of that stuff can get caught ahead of time um, to be remedied and saved or switching the terms of the financing um, based off of what has been provided off of your 1003 application. Um, but stuff happens like nobody is perfect in regards to um what that completed mortgage application can look like right <laughs> so it it does happen um like i said we're we're humans we're not perfect um and so mistakes happen in those regards so that was the only thing that i really wanted to piece in and i think that it's really important to just touch on like what are the other ways that an earnest money could be refunded back or not refunded back? Yeah. And yeah. And it goes back to mainly how the contract is written, right? So there is a financing portion of the purchase agreement. And one of the options is what happens to the earnest money. Um, one is just a straight refunded to buyer or forfeited to seller at any point. Um, so when, if it, if, and when the contract is canceled, um, it's an automatic refunded to buyer or forfeited to seller. We were seeing that a lot in the spring where it was forfeited to seller because obviously that's that really pushes the buyer to not cancel, right? Like, yep. so there's that. And then the other option in, on the Minnesota PA is a written statement. And yep. that's basically a letter provided by the lender that shows that, the buyer's working towards good faith to close on the loan. Um, there may still be conditions in place. I know I've seen some where, you know, final verification of employment is a big one, especially with COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mortgage any, insurance can take a, just yeah. a hot minute to come in too. So yep. or even that like can sometimes impact the conditions. Homeowner's insurance. <laughs> yeah. I know my processor at times is like, um, if we're on a time crunch for that window of like completing the appraisal, the underwriting, she is also like, okay, make sure that they get their HOA quote immediately so yeah. that we can get that because that is sometimes a hiccup as well. Yeah. Like many times people think that it has something to do with the appraisal and it can actually like, it is important who you are working with step-by-step step in this process, including title and homeowner's insurance. Also. It's so true. Like there's so many pieces and this is what I always tell people is like, it is an exciting time and there's a lot going on and it's easy to forget about these things, but that's what we're here for. Like we're going to be reminding you, Hey, did you get yeah. homeowner's insurance? Hey, did you do this? Um, but the biggest piece going back to the written statement, um, 
The biggest thing that they change, so every year our, our contracts change in August. And what they added this year was on the written statement, there was a lot of, I would say, bickering about what happened to earnest money if the written statement wasn't provided, right? So you have a date on the contract, but there was no clarity around, okay, like I always, I always told my buyers that is like a drop dead date. After that, your, your earnest money can be forfeited. But, you know, is that true or not? Well, now it's right on the contract and you can choose whether if the written statement isn't provided on the date required, um, number one, the seller can cancel because the buyer isn't performing, but also what happens to the (laughs) earnest money and you can choose. Does it, is it refunded to the buyer? Is it forfeited to the seller? Um, and so those are some things that were added that I think it just helps everybody understand like where their earnest money stands. So fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, purchase agreements do get canceled and they don't always get canceled right away. A lot of, you know, sometimes they can get canceled a week before closing. And that's like I said before, like that's not what people, that's not what people's intentions are, but sometimes things just come up and, you know, situations change and it's just important to, to talk to your agent to understand what, what the next steps are. You know, I do want to just provide, uh, I'm kind of thinking through, I've had very minimal cancellations, knock on wood, luckily, um, and very minimal denials too, which again, knock on wood, thank goodness. Uh, But there was one circumstance and this would have been last summer, I believe, trying to really recollect on it. Um, but it was during that time period where like everybody and their mother was waiving inspection so that they could get their offer accepted. Yeah. Um, my clients on the day of their walkthrough. So a day before closing, um, because they had waived inspection, they hadn't had an opportunity to, you know, walk the perimeter of the house and know the details of how everything operated in the house. Um, And when they were doing that walkthrough, they found um, issues with the foundation of the, of the home. And because it was not disclosed by the sellers, client was able to, yep. Client was able to cancel and get their full earnest money refunded back to them. So, and that was a day before closing, just to give an instance of like, it doesn't always necessarily have to be, you know, three days prior to closing, but that a little bit more of a rare circumstance, because we were dealing with a lot of different, um, oh, how offers were structured during COVID. Um, It was just, we were dealing with a different animal of a beast. And so a little bit more of a rare circumstance there, but obviously a circumstance on the other where you've got a day before closing and that earnest money was able to be refunded back to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah. And that's the thing is like instances like that do come up. They're fewer and farther between. Um, and I think we'll start to hopefully see some of that go away as the market shifts and adjusts, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it does happen. I've had totally, I've had a lot 
cancel. And that's just, I mean, it's usually during the inception <laughs> to be honest. Like not, I wouldn't say a lot, but like, and everybody yeah. does end up finding their home. And, and that's the important thing is like, it does happen. But like, if you feel it in your gut that like, this isn't the right house, like, I would, I always just encourage people like cancel while you have a chance, like don't wait until you purchase the home and then you're going to have to figure it out. So yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Anything else that we should be adding in? I feel like we covered all of our bases. Maybe I feel like that's a pretty good overview. Again, like it's going to come down to the way the purchase agreement is written. Obviously Mm -hmm. like a, and a big portion of it is the lender and understanding the numbers and what that structure looks like. So I think these are just important conversations to have before you even go under contract. Um, But if you are, you know, if you get to that point and you are thinking about canceling, like just ask the question, you know, like we can help you navigate through it. Like we, we know kind of how to present it to the other party so that you know it it works out for everybody and again like most most people it's it's a good faith thing that most people aren't going to cancel just because they've changed their mind you know right Um, no there's always yeah it is a big decision and some people do get cold feet on that does happen but I would say that's fewer and farther between than most people think yeah fair enough Fair it's enough. Like a really valid reason why they decide to cancel. Fair enough. So. Cool. Well, we hope that everyone enjoyed this week's episode um, and that you found the information fruitful. We are excited. We've got some fun guests coming up, and um, of course, no matter what. And so excited to share that with all of you as we. Um, wrap up the third quarter here and enter into the fourth quarter too. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to On a Mission, where our goal is to educate and inspire. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us to help spread the message. It takes 30 seconds to rate and review, then share this episode with your friends. Let's spread the love. Until the next episode, cheers to your mission. Bye. Bye.